all hustlers, non-negotiators, chronic bullshitters, and bill collectors. Please hang up and call somebody else. Other than that, calling me on business, so you have no business calling me, J. Cole. Morning. This show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. My enemies are many. My equals are none. They fear me like a force of nature, a dealer in thunder and death. Death! I say... I am Emperor! Three, fall! Three, fall! It is better to die for the Emperor than live for yourself. You're listening to the Emperor and the Emperor's Court. It's a celebration of mediocrity. All this energy calling me back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skids are going Cleveland rocks, Cleveland rocks. German Jean Jean is moving James Dean. Cleveland rocks. From the shores of Lake Erie to the banks of the Cuyahoga, recorded for the War Room here in Cleveland, Ohio, USA, this is the Emperor's Court. I'm your host, Emperor, joined in studio by no one today, as this is a pre-recorded show, as we are on tape delay for the next two weeks. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen, so Sunday the 2nd and Sunday the 9th, we will not be here. Uh, Various reasons why, as mentioned before, Mystic Mim is out of country. She is still in England. She is due back on Friday the 7th. So we're kind of running a rough shot here with the kids and all that. Got to keep things running in order and don't have time to really do a live show and have everybody over. Uh, The second thing is next weekend, and things are kind of up in the air still as to when the Cleveland Indians are actually going to play in the American League Division Series. Our beloved Cleveland Indians baseball team have made it to the playoffs As we head into October baseball, again, back here in Cleveland after a nine-year absence. I was at all the games in 2007, and you better believe I'll be at all the games in 2016. Now, we have tickets for the ALDS games 1 and 2, which will be in Cleveland, or 3 and 4, depending on how the Indians and how the Red Sox deal this weekend. Uh, the Red Sox right now are ahead by a game headed into it. Uh, we play the Royals. I believe they play the Orioles, I think. And it really comes out, it depends on who's got the better record. Now, if we tie, we have the same record at the end of the season. The Red Sox own the tiebreaker, so we will play the first two games in Fenway Stadium in Boston. That will be Thursday and Friday, uh, the 6th and 7th which means the Indians would play Sunday the 9th and Monday the 10th. Now, if somehow the Indians pull ahead, that will be reversed. We will be playing here in Cleveland Thursday and Friday the 6th and 7th. So, again, things are up in the air. Regardless, whether we are at Jacobs Field on Sunday or at home watching the game, we will be too busy watching October baseball to be able to do the show. 
My apologies, ladies and gentlemen, but Indians baseball takes precedent over you. I'm sure you understand. I do have another uh, show in the works for my patrons. It will be another sports-related one, kind of a follow-up to the last one because it was so popular, as was my debate analysis. I was surprised at how much feedback I got uh, from, now keep in mind, lots of feedback means about six of you actually got back to me on the debate feedback, which was kind of cool. So I may do that again. Uh, the debate's not for no, over another week yet. I think it's the 9th, I think. So as long as it doesn't interfere with the baseball game, I may actually end up watching it. Um, I don't know that much is going to come out. I don't think we're going to learn anything new that we don't already know. Uh, frankly, I think at this point, uh, people already know who it is they're going to vote for. Um, you know, the myth of the undecided voter is just that, a myth. 95% of the people in the world are in this country already know who they're going to vote for or whether they're going to vote at all. And I, I don't think, you know, barring some huge major scandal, much is going to change with that. But we'll see. Okay. Uh, on tap tonight, I do have a couple of articles I'm going to do. Actually, a bunch of articles. Um, some things I want to get to. Uh, I did want to comment on having just watched something. But uh, before we get going, uh, first off, I, people have kind of been, been asking oh, how long are we going to do this pre-recorded stuff, especially with just me. And the reason why is we have so much going on, it's kind of difficult to get everybody together to do a show. Now, obviously Lulu's here, but again, she's doing stuff with Mystic Mim around the house. Well, since Miriam's not here, she's kind of taking care of some things. Um, that'll change when Mystic Mim is back. Lulu will be back on the show. Uh, Hawkeye's still looking for a job. That's kind of the reason why we haven't seen him. Is Well, it's expensive to drive all the way out here from Akron every week. Uh, obviously, with Bass getting her promotion at her new job, she's now working Sunday nights. She's not available. Uh, Jay Cool, God knows where the hell he is half the time. See, I don't work all the time. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll deal. I'll be there Sunday. I'll do a show. And then nothing. We don't even count on him at this point. So we'll get the band back together here shortly. My guess is we'll hit our stride heading into the uh, holiday season. It's interesting. Let me see real quick. Uh, November... Shouldn't be a problem. December. Ouch. Christmas, once again, falls on a Sunday, as does New Year's Day. So I guess we'll be recording those shows, too. Or doing a live show of those another night. Obviously, more info to follow. And once more, again this year, my ambitions of wanting to do War of the Worlds will not be realized, as I simply don't have time, and by the Actually, when I got around to realizing, hey, we're coming up on Halloween, uh, I was too late to actually get started on the script and everything else. So that kind of sucks. What are you going to do? So what did I do this week? Not much. Work, 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 work. Uh, I haven't really been able to go anywhere or do much of anything, obviously with having to kind of keep everything running by my solo self. With Mystic Mim out of country, I have not had a chance to get into any kind of shenanigans. Obviously, that will change once we go to the baseball games. Always fun. Looking forward to it. The year of Cleveland continues. Uh, I did have a bunch of articles sent over by Kalilu, which we'll get. I will say this, and in, in, in kind of stepping aside, the whole video game thing that I've had is kind of... Uh, my video game slump continues. There's just nothing out there that excites me. There really isn't. 
I'm back to playing a little bit of Sins of a Solar Empire just because I wanted to cleanse my palate after the disappointment that was Master of Orion. Uh, here's the storm I've all but, you know, consigned to the trash heap of history. Um, I, I see no reason anymore to try and be competitive in that game. I, I don't know. I, I It's kind of like the radio thing. I, I find myself lacking in any kind of, of... I don't know if motivation's the right word necessarily. I, I think the best years, the best episodes we used to do of this show or me, you know, broadcasting play-by-play of games is when we were pitted against someone or something where, especially with me, and it wasn't necessarily a realistic or real rivalry. It was simply me looking at something and saying, you know, this person's doing something similar at the sim- at the same time. We can do it better than them. Let's, you know, go out there and do that. Or this guy's got an or this person's got an idea that's a little different than ours. Uh, that's kind of cool, but let's take it a step further. Let's see if we can do something else with it. You know, things like that. And it just, unfortunately, it just kind of bogged down. It really has. There's not, there's just not much. And now, of course, now we're being, now I'm getting texts. It, it's, I don't know that I'm explaining it very well. I'm trying to think of a better way to kind of explain this. I just don't feel a sense of urgency. I have nothing pushing me to try something new or do something better. Because, again, I'm a very competitive person. And it just seems like it's got to be competition that really fuels my my want to try something new or do something different or or step out of my comfort zone and, and take a shot at something that I norm- normally you know, would do. And it just hasn't been there. I just haven't done that. I enjoy doing the show, and we're going to keep doing it, obviously, and you people love it. But there's a significant difference. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I don't know. Okay, games are kind of the same way. I'm a very competitive person. But at least in recent times, I haven't had a whole lot of... Uh, haven't had a whole lot of uh, people playing games that I play. You know, a lot of my friends were playing Here's the Storm for a while, then they quit. A lot of them went back to World of Warcraft when the expansion hit. Now they're kind of giving up on that. You know, uh, things kind of flared out with Battlefleet Gothic. Some of us tried that, never went anywhere. I know Mechahawk's been chirping in my ear to get back into into Internal Crusade. Scooter's been having internet problems for weeks. So struck, he hasn't been around. You know, it's it, it seems like Heroes of the Storm has left such a bad taste in my mouth working and playing with random people. And that's always been an issue. And no matter what game you've ever played, you're always going to have some random scrub that you get partnered with that is just absolutely horrid. But there's a difference between that and having to do this shit now, which is, you know, playing with these people that if you don't do what what they want or, you know, they think they know better than you and they clearly they don't, and then they're screaming about it the whole time, they'll die 12 times in the game, they won't kill anybody... They won't contribute anything, but then somehow you are the one at fault. And the worst part of it all is, it's your MMR, it's your score, and your record that is affected by this asshole. And folks, don't come to me with, well, it's a game, you should play for fun. No, asslick, it's not. I play to win. My fun is winning. Do I get you know grouchy if we, fight a, if we have a game and we lose it at the end? Yeah, I mean, it happens. But you do your damnedest. You do your best. And these people, especially at the level I'm at, I expect you to know what the hell you're doing. If you got this far, there's a reason for it. 
Do not play ranked play. Like, oh, I haven't played this hero before. Let's give it a shot. I got it up to uh, level 5, but only played it like 5 times. I was just kind of messing around with it. Then don't pick it during ranked play. And team ranked is a joke. The three teams I used to fill in for, which were pretty high-level teams, are Heroes of the Storm. All three have stopped playing. This is not a joke. It would take anywhere from 6 to 10 minutes to find a game. One night we played five games against the exact same team over the course of two hours. And we steamrolled them all five times. Why? Because they were three ranks below us. They were in silver. We're playing diamond. It wasn't even fun. And that was after the patch. It just kind of ruined me for with playing with anybody randomly on any game. It doesn't matter. Not just Heroes of the Storm, but anything. I'd rather play the AI in Sins with Solar Empire. Somebody was asking me if uh, I'm going to be playing Final Fantasy XV when it comes out. No, I'm not. Because, again, it's the same bullshit. Just like Final Fantasy XII and Final Fantasy XIII and everything else, where you don't actually control anything but one guy. And the computer just kind of takes over the other three and they run around doing whatever the hell they want. I've watched some gameplay of it. It does not appeal to me. It really doesn't. I kind of liked the way it was. I, I didn't kind of. I really liked the way it was. Where it was that, that active battle time. Where you it was kind of turn-based, except you had to do it quickly. And if you didn't take your turn, in a, a, you have your turn to take. If you don't take it, you're S out of luck. Because the other, the AI, the opponent, the monster, the boss, whatever, is going ahead and, and moving separately. So it's not like he has to wait until you make your move. I don't know. I even looked at uh, reinstalling Quake 1, because I have it, and I do know of a, a small community that still plays. I thought about uh, playing Unreal Tournament 2004. Those were those were fun first-person shooters to me. I don't really care about Call of Duty. I don't really care about, about you know those that are out currently. It's just not my thing. I don't like them. I tried Counter-Strike, played that for years. Nah. It was alright. What about Overwatch? Yeah, that's not really the same thing. It's not really a first-person shooter. I don't know what the hell it is. But it's not. Jesus Christ. They just copied everything from Team Fortress Whole Cloth. The Heavy is a Russian chick. Huge chick. Russian. Has a minigun. Moves slowly. Has stupid Russian catchphrases. Could you be any more blatant? I mean, I understand that that this is not new for Blizzard. They've ripped off Warhammer quite enough for their two major franchises. I get it. But come on! <sighs> the show's going nowhere fast. Let's do some articles. If you have a decent game you want to suggest it to me, Shoot me an uh, email, emperor1g at cox.net. I'd love to hear your uh, like to hear your choices. From VentureBeat.com, NES Classic Edition has filters to recreate the crappy 80s TV experience. It's going to be a nostalgic Christmas. Nintendo announced new features for the Nintendo Entertainment System 
which launches November 11th for $60. The NES Classic is a mini version of the original console, which dominated the gaming landscape from its launch in 1985 to the end of the 80s. While it doesn't play cartridges, it has 30 games on its drive and connects to modern TVs via HDMI. Quote, to make sure every Goomba stomp looks as authentic as possible, all games can be played in three display modes, uh, said Nintendo noted in a press release to GamesBeat. With this CR filter, a scanline effect is added to the screen to give everything that oh-so-retro look and feel. Four, to three, uh, four ratio to three is a sharp, clean look that adheres to the original ASIC ratio used by the NES. And when playing in pixel-perfect mode... Every pixel is shown as a perfect square, providing the most accurate representation of the games as they were originally designed. Originally designed might be a stretch. Developers might have had the limitations of 80s TVs in mind when they were designing their games. Still, the pixel-perfect mode will definitely provide a clearer image than we could have ever had, uh, ever had our hold of for the old CRT TVs. The NES Classic also comes with a replica of the original's controller that you can use with the new device or NES digital uh, titles on the Wii and Wii U. The mini system also includes digital versions of the original instruction manual for all of its games. And if you find passwords inconvenient, you can create digital save states at any time during your game. The November 11th launch date makes it available just in time for the holiday season, the most lucrative time of the year. The original NES was a huge hit thanks to landmark games like Super Mario Bros., The Legend of Zelda, and Metroid. Those and 27 other hits come with the Classic Edition. This, I think, is going to be a huge seller, although I find it funny that Pac-Man is listed as one of the games on there. I don't recall the Pac-Man port being any good. Uh, Donkey Kong, Zelda, Kirby's Adventure, Pac-Man, Metroid, Super Mario Brothers are the ones that are listed on the box itself as games included. Now, I think this is excellent in that they're kind of tapping into that nostalgia. Let me see if I can uh, hop on here and look at the games. Let's see what they got involved. There should be a list of games that come with this thing, right? All right. There is Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario 3, Legend of Zelda, Donkey Kong, Metroid, Final Fantasy, Pac-Man, Mega Man 2, Kirby's Adventure, Castlevania, uh, Ninja Gaiden, Super Mario Brothers 2, Donkey Kong Jr., Balloon Fight, Punch-Out! featuring Mr. Dream. Ah, No Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! Holy shit, that is Donkey Kong Jr. That's I played that on the Coleco way back in the day. Dr. Mario, Zelda 2, The Adventures of Link, Excite Bike, Ice Climber, and Kid Icarus. Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, Tecmo Bowl Football, Bubble Bobble, Double Dragon 2, The Revenge, the original Mario Brothers, which I have for the old Atari computer, Super Contra, Galaga, Star Tropics, Gradius, and Ghost and Goblins. Well, I gotta tell you, that is a pretty solid lineup of games. I mean, that's right there. That's the heart of the NES. This is going to sell huge. Is everybody, everybody like myself who grew up in the 80s or at the tail end of the 80s, early 90s, who wants to go back and doesn't have a ROM, an emulator on their computer already, 
to go ahead and play. Oh, this is going to be a nice throwback. And the best thing is, I can actually now, as, as the prince is getting older, he's going to be he's four now. This will still be relevant. It'll still be around in two or three years from now. I can start him on the classics and get him trained up the proper way. So when he starts playing games of today, he'll be, you know, already had his metal tested. He'll already be forged in the fire of unforgiving games that didn't have any really uh, easy mode where you got punished for not being able to make the jump, for not being able to find the items, having to follow some god-awful puzzle. We suffered back in the day. I see no reason why he shouldn't. Yeah. So rest assured, I'll be buying this thing. Yeah, go ahead. That's right, go ahead. Sorry. Somewhat distracted by stuff off-camera, or... Microphone, camera. Speaking of camera, um, there's going to be a lengthy delay before I start building the OmniSaw, the next computer in our uh, in our lineup here of machines for the show. Uh, it's going to be a little more pricey than I had anticipated. It looks probably around twelve, fifteen hundred bucks to build the machine that I would like. And that's a little bit more than I'm willing to get into. Uh, so I, obviously that means the show's not going to be on video anytime soon. But then again, the way we have to keep recording these things by audio, because we've had to skip some weeks, that isn't necessarily a bad thing. I really want that new Titan uh, video card. Not the, not the, like the $700 one, but the three or $400 one, that'd be fine. I don't think there's there's a huge difference between the two. But that's going to be a, a giant chunk of it. Obviously, I want more processing power. going to need it than Whopper currently has. Whopper's doing all right, but it's really... Whopper's starting to get dated uh, with each new game that comes out. You know, the, the new Warhammer game that came out, for, uh, Total War Warhammer, really put a strain on it. And that's that's a little bit much. Speaking of Final Fantasy, as one of the games in the original uh, NES coming back out, IGN says the Final Fantasy trading card game is coming west. Square Enix has announced the Final Fantasy trading card game is coming to Europe and the United States on October 28th. The trading card game... That's fine. Go ahead has had a six-year run in Japan, and the game now spans over 2,000 different cards. It's designed by former pro card game player Taro Kakiyama and Shota Yasuka. The Western edition will be fully localized in English, French, German, Spanish, and Italian. However, the Italian release date is yet to be announced, because you people are filthy and greasy. October 28th, we'll see the release of the first set called Opus 1, featuring 216 cards with design from artists I don't give a shit about. The first set will cover 30 years of Final Fantasy and will include the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Dissidia, and World of Final Fantasy for the first time. Another Final Fantasy tabletop gaming news, Final Fantasy VII, it's getting its own version of Monopoly next year? All right, now we're switching articles. Uh, this I gotta see. <laughs> also from IGN, Final Fantasy VII Monopoly will be released in April 2017. Video game merchandiser Merc 
Merchoid, Merchoid, whatever, as revealed. Modeled after the original fast-dealing property trading board game, Final Fantasy VII Monopoly will include characters, locations, and lore from the original classic 1997 video game. The game will place players in the city of Midgar, where plenty of property business opportunities await. The game is available for pre-order for $50. Cloud, Aeris, Sephiroth will be featured in-game, along with more Final Fantasy VII fan favorites. Quote, whether your plans are to buy housing for the people or build a Mako reactor plant, you'll soon discover the real nature of Sephiroth's evil is the extortion amount he, uh, of rent he charges. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Monopoly were released April 11, 2017. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Square Enix expects to launch the remake in multiple parts. Now, this I got a problem with. Just release the game. Enough of this DLC bullshit. Look, if you want a classic example, a classic example of how games were different back then as opposed to how they are now, releasing it in in various parts? So why is it you could release the original game in three CDs back in 1997 for all of us to play and enjoy? But this time around, we're going to do it in bits and pieces. I got a problem with that. Probably read the rest of the article before I get on this high horse of mine. Square Enix has announced that Final Fantasy VII Remake will be released in multiple parts. Now, I know this is from back in December. I was not aware of this, and this is new for me. According to Square, Final Fantasy VII Remake will be told across a multi-part series, with each entry providing us its own unique experience. No additional details were provided. Update. Square Enix confirmed to Kotaku that as a gaming experience, each entry will have the volume of content equal to a full-sized game. Hmm. So, are we led to believe that this is going to be a 60 to 70 hours per release? Because if we're comparing it to the original game, I mean, that was a good 30, 40, 50 hours. Okay? It'd be one thing, then, if that's the case. If they're releasing it, and it's going to be a 30-, 40-hour game per release, and you're going to play through the whole thing, if they're adding that much to it, all right, then, I'm on board. I'll get, I can get behind that. But if this ends up being some eight or ten hour, you know, episode bullshit, I gotta pay sixty bucks for each one or forty bucks for each one. That's ridiculous, and that is unacceptable. Uh, there's a lot of questions with this remake, and and unfortunately, uh, it really comes home where it's a be careful what you wish for. You might just get it. We've wanted this remake for the better part of twenty years, and the more I read about it, the more anxiety I get about its release. I've seen the footage. I've seen some of the, the updated releases they've had. I'm not a fan. All we wanted was updated graphics, clean up the translation, make the story a little easier to follow, and put it back out there. Don't fuck with the combat system. Don't change the material. Don't change the magic. If you want to add a little side quest for minigames, fine. But that's it. No one asks you to tear the whole thing down, rebuild it from the ground up in a completely different way. If you haven't looked at the way the combat footage is, go ahead and take a look at it. 
it plays just like Final Fantasy XII and XV and thirteen, where you only control one character and you have to move around and actually do the attacks yourself while the computer takes your other, the other two players in your party and they're off doing God knows what. There's a reason why your other games have not been as successful. There's a reason why your games are a fucking joke, and that is a big reason for it. You're not capturing new Final Fantasy VII fans, Square. You're not. You just aren't. We liked your games for a reason. Many times it was the story. You're not revolutionizing anything. You're not innovating anything. Now you're simply trying to be shitty copies of other games that are already out there. Final Fantasy XV looks like an uh, like an open world garbage train because you're trying to be Skyrim. Don't be something that you're not. Go back to the formula that worked. You haven't done it since Final Fantasy X. I think enough time has gone by that you can safely go back to what you used to do and it'll still be fresh to all the millennial trash that you're trying to get as new customers. Just a thought. Now, I think we did this one before where... um, Let's go ahead and do this one anyways, but I thought we already handled this one in a previous a previous episode. Escapist Magazine has this. Hello, Taz. Goodbye, Taz. Damn cat. God, he is fat. Lulu's cat is fat. He's a fat tuxedo cat. He's very sweet, very soft, but he just gets into everything. No Man's Sky under investigation over claims of misleading advertising. Shocking, right? Several complaints have prompted the UK's Advertising Standards Authority to launch an investigation into potential misleading advertising for No Man's Sky. Eurogamer claims or is reporting that the organization has launched an investigation into Hello Games' No Man's Sky after receiving several complaints that advertisements were for the game were misleading. The ASA declined to comment further uh, than the conf- confirmation that an investigation is taking place and that both Hello Games and Valve had been contacted. Over on Reddit yesterday, one poster claimed to have received a response from the ASA, which include complaints around videos and screenshots. According to the poster, the complaints include videos and screenshots with specifics ranging from ship-flying behavior and combat to the size and behavior of the animals and creatures, along with the quality of graphics. Uh, as the time of this posting, No Man's Sky was mostly negative overalls review on Steam and overwhelmingly negative recent reviews. Okay, there's more to this they need to be investigating, such as the fact that how about that multiplayer uh, and combat were were both promised by the creator of the game in a live interview. We've all seen the video wasn't on there, where the game was supposed to take all these 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 weeks and months and and untimely stuff to make it to the center of the galaxy. Some guy did it in eight hours. No bang goes that theory. The fact that there's more repetition in the game than you could probably realize. One of the things they promised was the fact that the game would be unique in every single you know, star system and planet that you dropped on. Well, that's not the case either. That's bullshit too. No, this game is toxic. No one's buying it. Let me see. Let me see. Hang on. 
Because this is a couple days after this article came out. Let's see if we can find it. No Man's Sky Review Steam. All right. Right now, it is carrying a... It is still $60. Holy cow. Folks, don't spend 60 bucks on this piece of shit. Wow. Metacritic has it as a 60 out of 100. Steam has it currently 5 out of 10. Over 50 awards and nominations. Game of Show, E3 2014. Best PlayStation 4 game, E3 2014. Yeah, back when you were seeing just a uh, review of it. You weren't getting the whole thing. There's a reason why. From the critics, it's 60 out of 100. Generally unfavorable reviews from users. 2.7 out of 10 for a user score. What does that tell you? This is Look, this is not news. This is not surprising to anybody. User score distribution out of 1,650, 1,235 negative, 137 mixed, 278 positive. So guys, comment. What best describes the game is saying a mile wide and an inch deep. Another guy says, it's very disappointing to say the least. Ironically, it makes me appreciate Elite Dangerous much more than ever before. I, I think, and I'll be interested to see what ends up happening with this, but I'm just kind of scrolling down uh, through the different posts here on Steam. Every single one of them is a thumbs down. Everyone's a negative. Tried to refund this game 12 times with no luck. We'll keep trying. Only game I've ever tried to refund in the last 11 years. This game is a scam and a lie. Edit. Somewhere around 32 attempts now. Edit. Somewhere around 55 attempts now. Must not give up. Jeez. I think this is deserving of of an article or some kind of investigative journalism to see where something so ambitious went wrong. Where it came off the rails. You know, Star Citizen may end up being the same way. Because that's another game that's that promised the moon got a shitload of money and is not produced yet, and it still is way behind when it was supposed to come out. I'm surprised they're still selling it for 60 bucks, considering all the problems it has had. I'm surprised they haven't tried dropping the price at least, or, or something. Recent, overwhelmingly negative uh, reviews, 5,288 reviews. Overall, mostly negative 70,920 reviews released on August 12, 2016. I think this is simply the tip of the iceberg. And I think if the UK is able to make any kind of traction, you'll see other people start jumping on that bandwagon. Well, seriously, I think other companies will, or other countries will take a look at it. Look, this is, I mean, 60 bucks is... That's a lot of money. Now, multiply that by how many thousands and tens of thousands of people that bought the game.
maybe this kind of goes back to what I was alluding to at the beginning of the show, which is my cynicism, maybe, or... My lack of interest. And and I'll be honest, the last couple of weeks, I have not played much in the way of games. And that, that to me, is my... Especially when the weather starts to turn, that's what I do for... For to unwind, to release, you know, after a, a hard day's work or, you know, uh, any kind of of issues throughout the throughout the week or, you know, a small crisis comes up, things that stressors in your life, no matter what they are, you have to have a release. You have the way of a way of of clearing the mind. And it's funny in House of Cards, which I just finished up watching, one of the uh, things that the character does, Frank Underwood, who you know, is the the main character of the show. His big way of releasing stress and tension is playing Call of Duty, and it's funny to watch and to think of this sixty year old guy, this Kevin Spacey, playing playing a PlayStation first person shooter to kind of unwind. I do like games that make you think. Sometimes I just like games that require nothing but, but. Speed and and my ability to have some you know quick reflexes, and as we all know, those are not as quick or as or as good as they used to be. My hands the way they are. I like strategy games. I like first person shooters. I like competition. And unfortunately, there seems to be a lot less of that these days. Back in my day, we would form clans and then we'd challenge other clans to battle. And it didn't matter what game it was. There was always a clan or guild system. And that seems to have fallen by the wayside. Which is strange, because all you people who follow esports, you're following teams. They're essentially the same thing. The difference is they get paid to play. I don't know. I mean, I look at the releases coming up, and it says something. That the most exciting release I see coming up between now and the spring is the Nintendo Entertainment System re-release. I already have all those games. I own all of them. And I have them on uh, a ROM and simulator. I can play them anytime I want, and occasionally I do. So what's it say that I want to go ahead and play these games? I think a lot of it is I just don't play with the same people I used to. A lot of people I used to to game with have kind of fallen by the wayside. I mean, life has a way of doing that. I get it. I know silence is bad for for radio, dead air, but I'm sitting here and I'm contemplating, well, what should I play? What should I do? What is something to discuss? 
I don't know if a lot of you have played some of those old games like Unreal Tournament in uh, 2004 or Quake or whatnot. I wonder if it would be worth it to go ahead and stream some of this stuff, maybe on Facebook or on our Twitch channel, which I never use. I don't think I need to go as far as to put my face on there. Nobody needs to see me making faces I'm playing. I just have a hard time doing that as I prefer, when possible, to call the action of the game. To me, it just seems to take away something when I'm having to narrate what I'm doing while I'm trying to do it. Because then I kind of get sidetracked, and either you get dead air because I'm involved, I'm kind of sunk into what I'm doing in-game, or, on the reverse side, I'm giving you too much uh, information or doing too much play-by-play, and I end up dying or making a mistake or flubbing the thing. Disappointing, to say the least. I'll give it some thought. Huh. <laughs> Mashable.com. Order a daddy application lets you swipe for sperm donors from your own home. Yeah. Swiping might be synonymous with sex and dating thanks to Tinder and Bumble. Never heard of Bumble. But now, thanks to an innovative new app, there's a new reason to swipe. The United Kingdom, God, everything's from the UK, just got its first ever sperm donor app, which allows women to browse from their phone through the UK's largest donor catalog. Nicknamed Order a Daddy, the app launched by the London Sperm Bank features donor profiles complete with physical characteristics, donor self-summaries, medical information, pen sketches, and staff impressions of the donors. And it shows what the uh, breakdown is. Alerts, restricted donor, race, Caucasian, ethnic origin, eye color, hair color, skin tone, height, and weight. Unlike dating apps, however, the profiles are anonymous and do not contain any photographs of the donors. Users are not referred to by their names, but by a number. Users can add profiles to a, quote, wish list of donors and order sperm just as they would have any other online transaction. The ordered sperm is then delivered to a registered clinic of their choice. The wish list feature also means that users can submit their donor preferences and receive alerts when a donor donor meeting their criteria becomes available. Now, before some of you ladies go running to your computer to send me a message, no, I will not donate. Don't ask. Quote, ordering sperm from an online catalog or an application does not trivialize treatment, and every step meets the requirements of the HFEA, the Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority, reads a London, London Spermback statement. Oh, God. I see nothing wrong with this. There's no downside to this at all. it is a product of our times that there is no more there is as little human interaction as possible when it comes to events that require human interaction think about it there's no more dating, getting to know someone, and then having sex. Now it's you go on Tinder or you go on whatever this Bumble is, and you swipe till you find someone you think is attractive. You send them a message. You find a place to meet up in a time. 
You meet up, you bang, you go home. Now, you can get pregnant without ever having to... Obviously, there's no interaction with people. You could always do that with a sperm donor. But now, even that, even what little re- interaction is there with nurses or doctors, whatever you, has been streamlined to cut out as much as possible to the point where you are now simply looking at an app, picking what you want, and that is it. Really, people? Women, you know what? It, it, unfortunately, Lulu's not here. I don't know that Bass would be the one to ask, considering she plays for the other team. But I'm curious to what they would think. Ladies, and there are enough of you that listen to the show. I'm curious what your opinions are about this. Is this how you find your daddy, your baby daddy, by swiping left on an app you downloaded on your computer? Somehow I don't want to believe it. I don't want to think that it's that. And to say that it doesn't trivialize the nature of the event, yeah, it does. If you can make an app based on this, then yeah, that's pretty trivial. To say otherwise is a damn lie. I need to record these earlier in the day rather than later at night when I'm already worn out from work. From Gama Sutra. Last one. The Philadelphia 76ers make esports move to harness industry and incredible potential. I think it meant to say harness the industry's incredible potential. I find it interesting that the Philadelphia 76ers, the worst NBA team over the last 10 years, by a far margin, is the one looking to break into the esports industry. But I digress. Unreal. The Philadelphia 76ers have become the first North American sports franchise to break into the world of esports after acquiring a controlling stakes in Team Dignitas and Team Apex. Okay, Those names, if you follow sports, you should probably be familiar with. I know from Heroes of the Storm. Both teams have been combined by the 76ers to create a powerhouse competitor that will now operate under the Team Dignitas banner. The newly formed supergroup will specialize in a number of games, such as League of Legends, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, Heroes of the Storm, and Smite. The founder, Michael, o- Michael Odell, will lead the newly merged team as president and will work alongside Team Apex's former general manager, Michael Slan who's been appointed vice president. Terms of the purchase weren't disclosed, although an NBA press release does reveal that the 76ers completed the purchase in partnership with growth and venture capital firm Next Equity. 76ers managing general partner Josh Harris said the esports industry's potential for incredible growth sparked the deal. Quote, we see our entrance into esports as a natural extension of our expanding interests in traditional sports and entertainment and are confident that our involvement will accelerate the already rapid pace 
of growth in esports as a whole. Although the 76ers might be the first North American sports team to dive into the realm of professional gaming, they are not the world's first. Earlier this year, German soccer team, that looks like the Schalke 04 football club, completed the takeover of pro League of Legends team Elements. Uh, the Spanish side Valencia Football Club allowed followed suit a few months later, creating its very own esports team with a view to entering a sports sector with such a marked growth. That's kind of weird to me that these sports teams like the 76ers, they're a basketball team. And I don't know that it's fair to say these Philadelphia 76ers, I think it's more like the owner of that or owners of that franchise are kind of getting into it. That's what they're looking to do. And that's fine. I mean, I guess the natural extension of that is rather than having necessarily countries doing it, it's going to be, you know, cities. Eventually, you're, ideally, it's going to be like the NFL, the NHL, the MLB, the NBA, where each city or region has its own team, and they send it against other teams and other regions to play those games on behalf of that city. That's fine. I had no problem with that. It just seems like it was weird that the sports teams are the ones kind of getting credit for jumping on board with that. You know, I, I guess we'll see. I guess in order to see if this takes off, if people will follow this, it's going to require to see exactly how much success the 76ers team has. Look, they can't do any worse in esports than they've done in basketball. They've been absolutely horrible. My guess is they're simply feeding money into it. They bought a couple teams who are having a rocky time, merged them, send them back out. They'll just feed the money, see where this thing goes. Because right now, I mean, there is a presence of esports in the United States, but not on the same pro level that Europe has, and especially Asia. We're way behind the curve on that. And I think it's because Americans have a, a, a fascination or, or an interest in live sports as opposed to things like, you know, again, League of Legends, Counter-Strike, what have you. Now, as the current generations, you know, get older and the newer ones coming up, kind of fill that role, that may change. We may be tuning in Sunday nights to watch, because they already have it on TBS. I see advertisements for it all the time for Counter-Strike, and I believe they have, it's either Overwatch, I think it's Overwatch, it's coming later in the fall, it'll be on TBS. Now it's late at night, it's like 11 o'clock midnight on TBS, at least here, and they broadcast it. I mean, they're baby steps. I mean, this, this is going to be a gradual change. You're not going to have, you know, every single major league team all of a sudden having their own particular version of esports and shotgunning them out there. But I guess we'll find out. It has to start somewhere. 
Then maybe we'll be blowing off shows in the future to, so we can go and watch our other, <laughs> go and watch our uh, local esports team playing in the playoffs or the championship or what have you. All right. Folks, I go ahead and hit the music. All right, a couple things. I'm well aware this is not the best show in the world. This is not the best episode. I understand. My my apologies. I wanted to get this out there so you guys could at least have something to listen to before we get to the next episode. I promise to be a little more energetic. I, unfortunately, I'm doing this after a 14-hour workday, so it's, it's kind of draining. It's kind of sapping. But we'll be back on the horse here. Uh, the 16th, we go back to live shows. I, I know Lulu will be here at the very least. I actually have in mind one or two of the people I want to ask to stop in and do a show here and there and see how they do. We'll see. But I promise to have more energy and bring it to you next time. All right, real quick. Uh, my thanks to Nowise, who runs AlphaGreater.com, for which we uh, host this show. My thanks to Cleelu, the our show contributor and article grabber. Uh, my thanks to Scrub Puppy, our social media director and uh, our Facebook guru guy. Uh, Jay Cool for providing music that we did not use tonight because we didn't have any breaks. But uh, not only a show contributor for the music, but also a once-in-a-while host. And obviously, finally, I want to thank you, the fans, for downloading this piece of shit episode. You obviously have far more patience than I deserve. But thank you for listening. If it was not for you, we would not be doing this. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoy it. When I come back to you uh, next week, uh, hopefully it will be with some Indians wins, be a little more pumped up with a little more rest. Uh, we shall see. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, send them to me at emperor1g at cox.net, as always, especially if you have a video game suggestion for me to go ahead and take a look at. Because obviously I am in need of some help. All right, folks, bad manners are better than no manners at all. Have a good night, everybody. So long. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good. It could have been a